Welcome to Inaudible. I'm your host, Jeremy Weiland, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Masterson. On this podcast, we discuss the weird, beautiful, channeled messages found in the long tradition of contact with the Confederation of Planets in service to the One Infinite Creator. These messages articulate a philosophy of spiritual evolution, popularly known as the Law of One. Many of these messages are available to listen to on our sister podcast, Living Love and Light, available on all platforms. We seek to provide analysis and commentary on this philosophy described in these messages, identifying the common themes and grappling with the application of this information to our human lives. However, we are not counselors, gurus, or experts of any kind, so please evaluate our words in light of our shortcomings and use your own best judgment. Thanks for listening. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good morning. It's going well. I got up at 4.30 this morning. Good Lord. I knew we were going to try this video thing, so I, I combed my beard, I did my hair, and I <laughs> splashed water on my face, and I made myself a double for <laughs> for coffee. So I, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you're looking pretty crisp, man. Pretty crispy. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's 8 a.m. here, so I had a little bit more leeway. So I've been up an hour or two getting mm-hmm. ready, doing meditation, putting the notes together. We have a... Nice. Uh, for me, a really special episode, but uh, so I wanted to be prepared. Um, so I've been doing preparation all week. Hopefully, it's good enough. You know how we were just talking about. I put together these notes sometimes, and then barely ever reference them because we just we just talk about what we talk about. And the, that's note, fine. The, I, the notes are prolific. Yeah, <clears throat> there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying yeah. to digest this stuff. Um, otherwise, you know, you know, everybody can read the material. <laughs> they don't need as much this as I true. like having you read the material to me on Living Love and Light. We don't absolutely need it. Uh, so anything true. that we can do to provide a little bit more to prompt reflection and all that, uh, I think is a service. And hopefully yeah. it doesn't stop with our conversation for the listener. They continue to churn on this and 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 think about this stuff, and it it promotes their own seeking process. Definitely. Definitely. Well, it's a good subject. It's a good topic. Yes. Would you yes. like to do the honors? <laughs> uh, being and doing. Being and doing is a theme that shows up throughout the Confederation's material, but it's especially called out in much of the quo that uh, Carla does uh, between the 80s and the 2000s. And it comes up so often that there's even um, a session in the archive where they say, hey, the Confederation keeps repeating the subject of being and doing. Does that mean we're doing something wrong here? Mm. <laughs> Why does it keep coming up? And like, I, I think that's such a uh, an honest uh, struggle with 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 the idea of progress on the path, right? Like we just we just don't know how far we're getting or what we're doing. And the whole point of this life is to not know. To do it anyway, in spite of yeah. not being able to see the fruits right away. Yeah, totally, definitely. No, I like this. I like the idea of this topic because uh, it's a it's a it's kind of a novel concept when you think about how to serve. You know, when you use the word serve, 
it implies action. And I don't even think it implies. It's ex- it's almost explicit in our language. When you serve others, you are taking action and doing something. And so right. this idea in the in in this material that you know there's a little nuance there. Maybe it's not always doing. Maybe serving others does not always involve doing for others. Perhaps there is some element of just being. And I think, you know, right. we'll get we'll we'll get to it, but in the notes that you provided, a couple things popped out at me as far as the, the sessions that you referenced, mm-hmm. but but um yeah, I think this is a an interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. So uh to start off, I want to call out two major sources for what we're going to talk about. Uh, the first is February 2nd, sorry, February 22nd, 1991. That's an intensive meditation with Kuo that addresses being and doing. And then August 16th, 1987, Kuo also addresses the topic. Um, so those are the two that are framing things the most, uh, but I will have notes in the uh, description that go over the other sources. Um, I might, I think it might be good to start with some raw because they also talk about this subject, but not quite in the, with using the same turns of phrase. Um, and it really has to do with raw talking about, uh, the, the mission of wanderers and what is called a kind of passive or vibratory service that all people render. And wanderers simply render it a little bit more um, fo- in a more focused manner or mm-hmm. in a maybe stronger manner. I don't know how to describe it, but the idea is that it's something that we imbue Earth with by our very being. It's not something that is a result of us doing anything in particular. Um, okay, there is uh, session 42, question 7. Um, this wisdom enables the entity to appreciate. Okay. So I should start from the beginning. Uh, Ra is asked about that famous, uh, issue of, oh, okay. Service. Do we give service to everybody? Because some people might be learning lessons and that's why they're suffering. So if we serve somebody who is suffering, how are we not working against what they have decided to learn. And uh, this is the general gist of what Ra is talking about. Ra says, to a mind-body-spirit which is starving, the appropriate response is the feeding of the body. You may extrapolate from this. On the other hand, however, you are correcting your assumption that the green ray response is not as refined as that which has, Im- which has been imbued with wisdom. This wisdom enables the entity to appreciate the contributions to the planetary consciousness by the quality of its being without regard to activity or behavior, which expects results upon visible planes. And this, this issue of results and fruition is a big part of the distinction between being and doing that we're going to go into more detail on. Um, Ra continues in session 65 on why this applies to wanderers in particular. And they say, it was the aim of the wanderers to serve the entities of this planet in whatever way was requested. And it was also the aim of wanderers that their vibratory patterns 
might lighten the planetary vibration as a whole, thus ameliorating the effects of planetary disharmony and palliating any results of this disharmony. Specific intentions, such as aiding in a situation not yet manifest, are not the aim of wanderers. Light and love go where they are sought and needed, and their direction is not planned aforetimes. Um, and then Don asks specifically, then each of the wanderers here acts as a function of the biases he has developed in any way he sees fit to communicate or simply be in his polarity to aid the total consciousness of the planet. Is there any, shall I say, more physical way that he aids in? What I mean is, do the vibrations somehow add just as electrical polarity or charging a battery or something? Does that also aid the planet, just the physical presence of the wanderers? And those of Ra say, this is correct, and the mechanism is precisely as you state. We intended this meaning in the second portion of our previous answer. Uh, that, that second portion being, you know, lightening the planetary vibration by the very quality of being. Uh, any thoughts on that right now, Brian? Well, it's interesting. Uh, my thought is, <clears throat> my first comment about the desire of doing versus being What what I grab from here is that just being you're still doing you're still doing stuff, you know. Where Ross says, um, they are caught. Where do they? Where is it? Where they? Uh, oh, I think it was in the first paragraph. But um, basically, wanderers end up where they're needed, or the light is you know goes where it's called. Um, What's in my head is just a really good person that you know, someone that makes you happy, someone who's nice and kind, someone who's kind and genuine and loving with everyone. That person may not be going to the homeless shelter and volunteering. They might not be doing picking up garbage on the side of the freeway, but their very being of paying attention to you and listening when you need when you need to be heard that's still taking an action it might be their being you know their very essence their personality call it to to do that you know but there is an action involved and in my mind i'm trying to draw this distinction between doing and being and you know there is some doing and just being a good person you know, you are being there for others. Uh, but there is some action involved. It's not like you just sit on the couch and, oh, I'm a great person. And I'm just going to sit on the couch and not go outside. <laughs> and I'm going to lighten the planetary vibration by not doing jack, you know. I don't know. I'd push back on that a little bit. Go for it. Go for um, it. <clears throat> I think it's exactly what you just said. I think it is. We can sit on the couch and radiate. I think this is actually the service that a lot of monks do when they are in isolation. Mm -hmm. They are not out there feeding the homeless or the hungry or uh, doing all of these like outward acts. They are working on themselves. And in the process of doing so, they are tuning their vibration. And it's that sympathetic resonance that does serve in spite of our inability to recognize specific fruits or results from that. I think that is the whole mystery of what's being presented here. Now, I understand what you're saying, Ryan. Mm. You are saying that in human life, normally, uh, 
it is a combination of being and doing that augments either. So that, for example, you are at your best to do your job and to be a family man and to be there for your friends in those specific action-oriented ways when you come from a base of being that is well understood, that you have worked with, that your instrument in its in its fundamental state is something that you have spent some time with on its own terms. Mm. But mm. that is not to say that that in itself doesn't do uh, good. It's just to say that normally when we're out in the world, we think that the focus is on doing. We think the focus is on what we do. And the Confederation often pulls us back from that. Uh, I think what you're saying is that you will do better if you are more in tune with being. And I, I would agree with that. I think and that's actually a, place a great for doing. point. That's a great point because uh, may, perhaps the quality of your doing, whether it's active or passive or you know, intent oriented, or you're just, you're just flowing the, the quality of your doing, I think is a reflection of the quality of your being, you know, like I know some very Absolutely. insecure people and it's hard to, it's hard to get anything from them. Uh, how do I say this? Some people you come across and they just, they come across as cool, calm, collected. They have their act together. They have perspective. There's just, it feels like you're in front of a larger person than maybe the mm -hmm. small package they come in. And you can just feel the, the love, the poise, the power that kind of comes from them, the calm, collected, whatever it is. And there's other people, you don't get that vibe. They're, I don't know if they're, they're fidgety, you know, it's, You can get a sense of, of uh, the quality of, of, of one's being just by being around them. But personally, Let's not... personally, I, personally, I find that uh, um, I, can dis I can distinguish between, I shouldn't say quality, but I can distinguish <laughs> between someone who has perspective of themselves, like control over themselves meaningful experience in their lives and they've like navigated stuff. And I can see people that maybe have not gone through, not have, have not gone through that. So. And, and what's, and what's, and what's the significance of that? Well, it's when I'm around somebody, <clears throat> when I'm around somebody who has been through terrible ordeals and they've come and they've come across, they've, you know, they've handled that, they've conquered that, and they've mastered that, whatever it is. To me, that person just has a different vibe to them than someone who has not maybe faced meaningful challenges. Right, you know right. Saying? But you keep jumping between the vibe being different, being better. And then, well, it's just a different vibe. Like I shouldn't say better. I shouldn't say better or worse. <laughs> you didn't what say I'm trying, that. I said that. But I'm, what I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to get the gist of what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is that I there's just an there's just a feeling I get when I'm in front of somebody who, and maybe this is me projecting, but it's it's 
I have a different feeling when I'm in front some in front of somebody who has a power that is only that is only in my mind achievable when you have gone through some crap when you have really challenged yourself and you have you have grown as an individual do you who would you feel more you're in talking front about of? respect Dal- it sounds like not even respect if you're in front of the Dalai Lama versus if you're in front of a 5-year-old kid it's like there's a difference right and Sometimes. of course there's this there's a spectrum there's a spectrum but there's a difference and where do you draw that line between you know the Dalai Lama and a five-year-old. Yeah, sometimes I'm not sure the Dalai Lama would draw that line. Perhaps not, but so maybe I'm saying this is me. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it I, sounds like what you're I'm, saying is what you're comfortable with—the kind of vibe that like puts somebody at ease or that gives somebody a sense of somebody's power, which I agree with. Like, well, you can feel that beingness on a tangible level sometimes okay. with people who have the, really worked on themselves. Yes, the original thought behind all this was the the giving and the and the receiving of energy. I feel uh-huh. I when I'm in the room with someone who I like feel is my superior, like whatever their thing is, they've got it figured out and I don't. I feel like I'm absorbing their vibe, their energy, their love, whatever it is. Like I am the recipient of that, you know. And then other times I'm in the room and it feels like I am receiving nothing. I'm the one listening and and giving and being there for the other person to, you I know, see. for them to go through what they're going through. I guess that was my original point is that uh, I can feel that difference when um, when it's just obvious someone has their crap together in a way that I do not. And then there are other times I'm with somebody like, ah, all right, my role is not to... <laughs> you know, you have a lot on your mind that you want to get off. Like, let me listen, you know, or, or let me whatever. So I guess that was my original, it was my original point. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not trying to like, uh, pin you down or anything. I just want to understand because I think this is a very, I can important, wrestle. We, okay. we are, we are, we are at a point where we are setting all of the premises that we're going to explore about what it means for being and doing. So mm-hmm. if you and I disagree, mm-hmm. I'd rather know that up front. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that um, it is the lack of merit in being that makes it such a conundrum for the kind of spiritual measurements that you and I often make in deciding mm. who are we going to be like, who do we respect and admire and seek to be more like, and who do we not feel that attraction towards and want to maybe not be as much like, right? Like we all do this, Um, you know, Kuo and other uh, Confederation sources talk about not taking your spiritual temperature, but that's easy for them to say. They can see everything. (laughs) Yeah. We do have to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm human. I I can, I, I, I will, I will tell the listener, both of us are human. So if you're looking for, you know, Extra dimensional, extra density wisdom. Uh, go elsewhere. There's yeah, lots not going to find it here. It out. <laughs> not going to find it here. And I think yeah. that this is um, what you were getting at originally. Is one of the things that I wanted to get at, which is that in incarnate, manifest, third density human life, waking life, we are uh, mediating a balance between being and doing. And it's often hard to get that balance right. 
And that's kind of one of the things that I, I was interested in exploring uh, through the words of Hatan and Ra and Kuo. Um, one of the things that they say is that everybody's balance of being and doing is unique and individual. Um, that that uh, this balance is something we achieve based on like kind of what you were saying, actually. Now, <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I came on too hard because Quo is saying that like it is the experience that people have that teaches them that balance between being and doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what drives that experience and that, and that uh, didactic action is intention is 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 striving with an intent to accomplish something and um in, in the uh in a 1991 uh kuo session they say as in all else the deter- sorry <laughs> as in all else the determination of the value of the doing lies in the intent However, even with the highest of intentions for the doingness to be of service, the deep self will know the balance is necessary for himself. And if it deems it necessary that the balance be moved from the doing toward the being, it will affect this change. In this process, we would suggest that it is most helpful to attempt to proceed in the process of knowledge of the self, that the wisdom of the deep self may be felt, trusted, and rested with. And this is the kind of thing that is often hard for folks because there is no visible thing going on. There is mm-hmm. no thing coming out of this that you can put your finger on and say, yeah, I'm glad I was being for that moment. And yet being, you know, in my, in my way of looking at it, looking at all of the material, there, there are a lot of uh, uh, qualities of being that are absolutely necessary for doing that they, in other words, they frame the whole uh, uh, reference point for what it would mean to do anything at all. You know, yeah. in being, you have kind of the passive side of things, right? This, this, this more rested passive side. Um, it's, uh, it's the primary state of beingness of the infinite creator, Kuo says in an 87 uh, session, that this, this, this well of intelligent infinity, this infinite beingness that is undifferentiated and full of potential. Um, uh, they, they say in, in a 91 session, uh, Quo says, uh, ultimately we feel that being is all that there is. The doing is all a part of whatever illusion each is operating within at any given time. That this is not to suggest that the doing is not worthwhile. Indeed, it, the doing may be the primary means whereby each entity works out his path of service. As in all else, the determination of the value of the doing lies in the intent. So like this is the whole mm-hmm. point is that in this beingness, we uh, have this kind of realization of what it is that we desire. That kind of moves us into the manifest world where we work with this desire. Is it something, is the reflection of the material world and the veiled experience we have in third density, what does that tell us? What is that inflection point of consciousness that the material, physical, social world provides us? What does that tell us about our beingness? How is that reflecting back to us new mm. aspects of our desire? Mm. How is that showing us? How is that sating our desire and saying, okay, I had enough of that. Time to move on. I think I can close the chapter in, that, that chapter in mm. my book. 
Uh, and this is it's it, in being this you're talking about the ideal you're talking about the abstract and the platonic you're closer to that perfection uh and that's why if you radiate from this point although you don't see any uh results necessarily you are tapping into the most fundamental energy of what it means to do anything in the first place i keep coming back to this idea of working on yourself or just that self work, um, you know, try to change yourself before you try to change the world type of thing. Yes. You know, and, uh, there was a, there was a line in the recent Monka channeling, uh, that we did in the Richmond meditation circle where they said, uh, 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 it was like work, uh, self work is necessary. Is, they said something like self work is world work and therefore manifestly other self-work. But it starts with the self, right? Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> I love that old adage that you don't, one doesn't see the world the way it is. One sees the world the way one is. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. It's, I absolutely love that. Because when I first heard that, I think I was in the, I would think I was in the rabbit hole of a political conspiracy. And I was like watching YouTube videos and all this trap and I was getting so stressed out. I'm like, no, the people aren't in control and, oh, it doesn't matter who we elect and, you know, and, and all that stuff may be true. It may not be true. Like whatever it is or isn't is somewhat irrelevant. The point is that that was the lens through which yeah. I was starting to see the world. That was becoming my reality. And I can't remember what, I think I just got busy on honestly. And I just kind of hopped out of that rabbit hole for about a week it's and then the world changed and then the yeah. world changed. It's like all of a sudden there wasn't the Illuminati trying to control my life. And folks, <laughs> and the world order is in control. Patriots, it, it Patriots are taking control. <laughs> it didn't take very long for me to actually take those glasses off and see the world differently, see the world as I was experiencing it dead day to day. And at the time I was a music teacher. So I'm like working with kids and like great parents. And, um, I was, I was working at a, at a, at a, uh, a pretty nice school. And, but anyway, it, that was my first experience of like truly experiencing that adage that you don't see the world the way it is, but the way that you are. And in my case, I was seeing it through the lens of the information I was consuming, you know? It, it is an interesting, it's an interesting point that you make because the, the, the idea is that by sitting with our beingness, by doing things like meditation that partake of this more passive role, um, we, we slip into this uh, part of ourselves that is kind of a steady state. Um, but, a lot of what we're doing in that steady state, doing, I say, like, mm. it's a misnomer, but uh, <laughs> um, it's also a place where we kind of sit with all of the energies we have called to ourselves and accrued to ourselves through experience. It's, mm. It is often where these things get sorted out. Uh, those of Ra talk about the salutary uh, step of doing balancing at the end of your day where you go over those experiences that you had throughout the day that stick out in your mind and that caused you some, they kind of threw you off your center a little bit and you just sit with them. It is the time for acting and changing outcomes is over. And now mm. it is time to harvest the wisdom 
and the love from those things and to see if that changes the way that you, like you said, see the world. That beingness is is a primary lens through which we see the world and we're just trying to become more aware of that lens. We're trying to become more aware of the way that uh, action and catalyst and uh, experiences buff that lens or scratch it, you know, or 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 change the yeah. entire um, uh, uh, physical dimensions of it. Yeah, I mean, our I remember in in middle school, one of my science teachers was a Vietnam vet, and he told a story when he got chipped out and he came back. He couldn't believe it how everyone had changed when he got back. His family, his friends, mm-hmm. like everything, everyone had changed. And, but it wasn't long until he realized actually no one changed, but him it was all him. And, uh, you know, so just a powerful idea of, of how much the world changes when nothing in the world changes, but it is, it is us ourselves, our beingness evolves. And all of a sudden the world opens up or the world, world closes down, you know, this to me is the base of all, um, <laughs> all uh, uh, coherent discussion of magic, right? Magic Mm -hmm. is trying to bring these states of of different consciousness into some sort of crude control through ritual. And by changing on that deeper level, we change the experience that we and others have. We, the, the ability mm. to affect changes in consciousness at will means perception changes and therefore our experience changes. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that you can make things disappear, although maybe you can. I mean, people have done it yeah. before and like the only the only uh, evidence we have is that we saw the thing disappear. It might have been a trick, but how much of reality is a trick, right? Well, this An ongoing this ab- trick. This ability to... Okay, I can't remember what commercial this was, but this was a great commercial because it starts off with, you know, I'm going to kind of make this up as I go, but you'll get the theme. Guy walking down the <laughs> That's street. That's what this you is know. all about. This is podcast is all about just, <laughs> just making it up making as you it go. Up. <laughs> I don't care how much notes I have here. Guy walks down the street, right? He, uh, someone opens up a door and hits him and, ah, oh, you know, he frowns and then, you know, then it cuts to, well, then it, the, to like a one camera, one camera shot. And it, the camera stops following the guy that got hit by the door, gets hit by the door, and it, and it follows the person who opened up the door on the guy and who got angry. And now this person goes and then like, you know, they've got a grumpy face and they interact with someone still kind of angry. You know, maybe they accidentally knock them over. Ah, you know, it's just, it's anger begets anger begets frustration, so on and so forth. And then the commercial rewinds. And then it cuts back to the original guy who gets hit by the door or whatever. And instead of getting angry, he smiles. He's like, ah, no biggie. You know, we're cool. And then it follows the person who opened up the door who now has that, ah, we're okay. You know, and and then Mm -hmm. they're smiling and then their interaction is positive and their interaction is positive. And um, of course, the commercial is much better done than my story here. but, But I love the idea of that infectiousness of your being, of your attitude is infectious. And, and I think of the, you know, the quality of one's being, if, you know, if you're the kind of person that's just 
maybe you've, maybe you meditate every day and you've done that self work and, uh, you are cool, cool as a breeze and someone can be having a bad day and you can interact with them. And just by you being there, you know, and being you cool as a breeze, you impart a little bit of that happiness and peace unto someone else. But then the opposite is true. When you get all flustered, you know, you can, it's like a virus, man. Yeah. That, um, it, one way, another way of looking at it is that, uh, in, you know, spending time with our beingness, not in manifesting anything, but in simply becoming more familiar with the thing that we already are, um, mm-hmm. that does, uh, allow us to bring through the creator's love and light in that way that we have been able to to understand, appreciate, and familiarize, familiarize ourselves with. In a way, it's channeling. It is, mm. if we are focusing on being this, we're focusing on, focusing on, okay, this is the instrument I have. I am learning this instrument. Then when we play, we can better... Uh, play that tune that we feel because we've we haven't worked on our ability to feel but we have this Mm. gets into such a weird conundrum right because when we talk about the service of being those are two things juxtaposed with each other service which is doing and being which is not doing and we're going to keep running into this conundrum i would i would encourage the listener to consider the possibility that this is just the words getting in the way and to try to try to feel through these words instead of getting mm. caught up in uh in their exact meanings because it's just a hard thing to talk about it is i i still have that conflict cuz in the notes you provided there is a little <laughs> A little note about uh, the sun. Yes. The sun is. It doesn't actively do, but it still provides heat and energy. There is a sense of doing, but it's a function of its being that provides the service. Its being is the service, but by being, it therefore provides, you know, heat and energy and light and all that. So it's still, it is, it, maybe it's like love and light, you know, uh, honor responsibility it's being being and doing are kind of one in the same being is kind of like that background state that premise for anything that would be done and it kind of it kind of sets the conditions and the and the and the the temperament of things mm. and then mm. that is on manifestation to then go have some sort of active you know experience of uh let me read that uh quote from Kuo in 91 about the sun. They Mm. say, for example, the entity which you call your sun is in its very nature a body which emanates light and heat. It is difficult to tell how much of this is the being aspect of the sun body and how much is the doing. How much, shall we say, is passive radiation and how much is active? In most cases, however, it is easier to differentiate between the two or at least seemingly so. So it's an interesting aspect of the sun that they, they're not going to take a position on how much of that fusion is the action of the sun and how much of it is the being. And I wonder if that is a useful way to look at ourselves sometimes that at the end of the day, you know, we're doing this meditation, we're going out and trying to do our best, but we don't know what that looks like in every single situation. Uh, 
in what way is it useful to distinguish between that search for beingness and that search for manifestation and doing in the outside world? And in what way is it not useful to make that distinction? That's actually a question I didn't really even think of. Hmm. Because it, uh, what you because it is a continuity. That's what you have been saying the whole time, actually. And maybe I haven't given it enough respect. The continuity is from the being to the doing. Yes. Um, even though the being doesn't have fruits, the doing is in a way a fruit of the being. Yes, but I love your 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 foundation. At least what I'm getting from you that you keep coming back to the quality of one's being you know, um, or how do I say, you have the manifestation of the being, but that manifestation is affected by, or almost determined by the quality of the being, you know, and perhaps the manifestation can be somewhat more passive, but still, you know, like the monks, uh, like the monks that might be hidden away, just working on themselves, um, improving or developing the quality of their being. Um, whatever actions they may take is a reflection of of their being. But uh, at least that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting from you occasionally. Is uh, yeah, working on the quality of your being affects the 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 qual. Dare I say the quality of your output? The, the quality of your of your actions of your doing. Yes. And I, I guess the only thing that I don't want to leave behind is the quality of that being that doesn't simply precipitate into manifestation, doesn't simply precipitate into something that we can identify as doing, and yet nevertheless is valuable. Um, hmm. For instance, uh, Kuo says in a 2005 session, you are constantly doing energy work on behalf of the one infinite creator as you breathe and be who you are. This is the fundamental and central gift that you are giving in this life. This instrument has said many times that the outer gifts pale in comparison to this central gift. Uh, and and huh. I would also point out that they do associate this uh, being service with meditation as a kind of service that just is not transitive, right? Um so in an 87 session, Kuo says, we encourage and recommend the daily practice of meditation, the tabernacling in the inner room of the silent consciousness. For that consciousness touched into often enough may more and more begin to shine through that which you do that you may become radiant, a more and more pure channel for the love of the infinite creator. If you find it difficult to find the time to do this each day, we still suggest that it be worth the effort to create a short time for touching into this consciousness. Indeed, it may be done momentarily when the clock strikes or the siren sounds at noon. Remember who you are and what you seek and open the door to that inner room and just for a moment close it behind you and say to that great mystery which lies in darkness all around the heart, Here am I. The teachings of the Spirit dwell in mystery, and their riches are hidden in the darkness of the metaphysical universe. Par- yet paradoxically, the illumination which is found in these, in these searchings is very bright indeed. Mm-hmm. And I think this is an important point that I wanted to uh, touch on too. Um, the, this vast plenum of beingness that is intelligent infinity uh, 
is mysterious and dark. And there's a reason why instinctively, you know, we like to distract ourselves and be in the world of doing where there's a quick feedback loop often. There's visceralness to it. We touch things and they push back on us. There's, there's, there's definition. There's uh, particularity. And we have experiences that engross us. This vast mystery that exists at the edges of all of this like little, little, little cartoon drama that our lives are is where all of this originates and it feeds all of that, but it also exists on its own terms and it's, and it, and it can be explored on its own terms through meditation and other spiritual practices. Uh, and I think it's important to recognize that, um, this is part of the nature of the reality that we are getting deeper and deeper insights into, that there are these parts that are a little bit less concrete and take a little bit more, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, working at an angle, not looking at it quite directly. It's kind of in the corner of your eye. You see it there in the periphery and you want to like, you want to reach out and work with it, but it's just not available to you to do consciously, directly. Meditation gives us the way to uh, work with beingness. I say work, <laughs> but mm -hmm. what I mean is like to engage in the in the in the dynamic of beingness, which is not dynamic at all, <laughs> and to let these things come to us passively rather than actively going out and finding them. To me, it seems that meditation is that time when you assimilate, when you're able to calm the brain down and start to assimilate some of the experiences that you've had and let those experiences soak into your being. You know, I just had a thought. If, <clears throat> As far as improving oneself, there is a... There is a what's it called project out there? I mean, they call it the project. Um, I think it's called MDK modern day nights is I believe the, the brand of this company. Um, what it is, is a, uh, some ex, uh, special operations, you know, guys that will run adult men through the ringer for at least like, three days they, they run them through a little hell hell week and um they just kick the crap out of them and guys sign up for this i think they pay like fifteen thousand dollars to go get their butts whooped uh for at least three days and i think there's out there's other training that they go through but men in particular sign up for this because they feel like they're stuck in their lives they want that improvement that comes with that with that challenge so they're signing up for this experience. They're signing up for this doing. They want to do something. Maybe because they want to be, they want to be someone and they, they feel like they can get there from doing. <clears throat> for the guys that make it through this experience, just like the guys that make it through any other special operations training, you get through that experience, through that doing, and you have a different sense of being given the experiences that you've gone through, right? 
Yeah. But when do you, but when do you assimilate? When does it hit you? Oh yeah. I am, I feel different. Look at all that stuff I just went through. What, look at that stuff that I conquered, those challenges that I faced. And now I don't, you have a different, you have a different sense of who you are, but when does that happen? doesn't happen in the experience in the experience you're like fml right yeah but it's like with meditation when you're just like in sleep you know you practice the piano you get stuck when you go to sleep your brain kind of rewires and the next day all of a sudden oh you i can nail that scale much better today it's like that time off when you can reflect on on what it is you've gone through and what you're going through that's when you really start to assimilate those experiences into your, into your being. But, but I bring this up because again, being, doing, for some, the way to improve their being is by doing, you know, by doing hard things or challenging themselves by others. Maybe improving their being is, is just, is helping others. Maybe it's going to church for some, it might be meditating and conquering your mind, the challenges of your mind and focusing on that, you know, but there is an important balance and relationship between the two. Well, it definitely, yeah, I, I agree. I, I also think that it, that balance of that relationship has social inflection that is sometimes helpful and sometimes not so helpful. Um, one of the things that Kuo talks about is that there are different views on the value of doing versus being, uh, in different cultures. Mm. Um, it uh, One of the things they say in the 91 session is, we have spoken to you before regarding the nature of service and the types of service which, in our humble opinion, we deem to be most important. The most important and effective service, as you know, and as we have spoken about previously, is simply the radiance of being. That is the emanation from the self of the creator, which is in all. As you also know, your peoples, especially in your Western societies— are very often not able to appreciate this, for the societal conditioning from birth has been oriented towards the doing, the accumulation of tangible results of work done in the life. Your Eastern societies are much more able to understand this concept, it being indigenous to the various wisdom teachings which permeate these cultures. There is a certain amount of integration that is taking place among your peoples in these days, as those from your Western cultures feeling the imbalance of the teachings they have been exposed to have searched out the ideas in the Eastern cultures. Conversely, the technologies of the Western cultures have been introduced into the Eastern societies as well. These exposures may not all be deemed to be beneficial. However, they do serve to affect more of a balance in the differing types of energies. I would, uh, I would also say that... Um, you see it in the subcultures, even in our society, right? Like the hippie kids tend to like not work so hard. They tend to focus more on hanging out, vibing. Um, I say hippie, but vibing. like, dude, that's like tons of Gen Z kids too and Gen X and everyone <laughs> at, in between, right? Like Hippies I like to vibe. Everywhere. Like, yeah, exactly. It's 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 a it's in it's endemic now. <laughs> And then you have your type A's, right? You have your people who go yeah. who are go getters, and oh, they're always complaining. They never have any time, but you know, they don't they don't yeah. they don't work very hard at making time, right? And well, it, and and the idea is that uh, one is societally uh, validated, and the other isn't. And yet, we're finding that there are these pockets that do form the support for both ways of being. 
Yes, it is interesting. It is very interesting that in American culture, the value society prescribes to you is related to your economic value. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know how it is yep. in other cultures. I have not lived in other cultures, but um, it is an interesting, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about. You know, it's one yeah. I love thinking about that kind of stuff because I, I love like economics and all that crazy weird stuff. But, but, um, but yeah, culturally speaking, it's um, just an interesting point. Economic value equals societal value. You know. And, and, and largely in the economy, uh, what kind of grounds and certifies the value that we're able to generate, especially value we're able to generate in the future, and therefore able to, you know, a lot of finance is all about predicting future value. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That leads people to want a sense of control over things that uh, a resting in beingness can release in a frightful way. Um, in the 91 session, uh, Kuo also says, it may be felt that by being rather than doing, one is losing any control one has had over the self and of the life. This may be a very frightening thing for many. And indeed, learning to know and rely on the deep wisdom of the self rather than the conscious decision-making processes in which entities of your Western culture have been trained is also frightening for many. I think it's interesting to Hmm. look at uh, the role that faith would have to play, especially in our society where we have responsibilities. Both you and I have responsibilities. We are looked to to bring home uh, the proverbial bacon and to keep a kind of stability in our lives, not just for ourselves, but for those that we care about. And in our, (laughs) I hate to say it, But in our world, fear seems to be a motivator towards me, at least, feeling that I am keeping it together Mm. on a moment-by-moment basis. Because after all, that stability uh, demands the ability to produce in the future. And so I spend a lot of money on insurance, on, you know, what happens if I fall sick or anything like that. Um, And, you know, I... I just got done last month with performance reviews that brings to mind things about what's my future at this company. Like what does my career look like beyond this company? You know, those kinds of concerns are exercises in a way in prediction and therefore control. And to just be where you're at right now, not only does it not have any ability to like reassure you on the terms that you're looking for, but it can feel like an abrogation of duty. I'm dangerously close to a, a tangent because <clears throat> we're getting into the we're getting into Give economic in, talk. Give in. <laughs> <laughs> Let the tangent flow through you. <laughs> I just I'm trying to keep it on I'm trying to keep it focused on being and doing, but but um but it's you know, it's enjoying the do you enjoy the process or the do you enjoy the journey or the, or the destination? You know. And I think that's, uh, you know, personally, it's one thing, our culture, especially those who have inordinate amounts of economic success in our culture, that's uh-huh. the one of the problems. There are many who enjoy the process. They enjoy the journey, and that's why they're successful. Others get to the C-suite. They get to the destination, and they hold on for dear life. 
Yeah. And this is, you know, this, I mean, this expands so far into like, you know, lobbying and regulatory capture and <clears throat> just whatever companies can do or people can do to maintain status, maintain their, you know, their economic wealth and power rather than the old, there's a <clears throat> economist named Joseph Schumpeter who popularized this idea of creative destruction <clears throat> where companies come around, new ideas come around and they destroy the old, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> And they bring in the new and that process, which re rejuvenates the economy, that causes a little bit of pain, you know, but that's a part of the journey. And, and I'm just thinking of, of again, being versus doing it's, <clears throat> if you can, if you can just chill and release control, be the best version of yourself and enjoy the journey. And, you know, economically allow that creative destruction. Don't hold on for dear life. You know, yeah, you're looking forward towards the future, but you know, to me, I'm like, oh boy, wouldn't that be great <laughs> if, if people uh, didn't hold on for dear life when they, when they got into, uh, you know, they got into control of, of companies or whatever, if they were able to just enjoy the journey more, you know, and lean into the journey, yeah. forget about, you know, the destination. <clears throat> We have this very Calvinist ethic, especially in this country, that says that it's through work and suffering that value and, and virtue are created. And uh, maybe that is sometimes the case. Maybe that's a crude way of talking about the value of catalyst and experience in our lives. But mm. we can take a lot of different viewpoints on that. We're not stuck in one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you that... Uh, there is a balance that is needed. Uh, we need the doing because otherwise, if we're not doing anything, most of us, like even, even a monk living by himself, meditating, that is an act by the very fact that he is yeah. a manifestation and is choosing that over the opportunity cost that he's losing, right? <laughs> like like yeah. we, we keep bringing in these like, economic and dare I say Austrian ideas and I'm so sorry to the listener I am <laughs> I assure you me so I assure happy, you I'm Jeremy. not a capitalist <laughs> but I think it has it has uh, important it's a it's an important way of talking about or it's a possible way to talk about how much what we value does not underlie uh those things that actually fill our soul mm. Um, yeah. in a, yeah. uh, in a 93 session, uh, Kuo kind of talks about this, um, in the, in the, in the, in the context of spiritual evolution, but we can see it as kind of like the context of striving for anything and, uh, trying to act on this desire. That desire is very basic in us, whether it is something that we only understand as like a surface desire, uh, getting more money or something we understand is deeper, like understanding myself more and like being there for others and all that. This is still uh, something that we often feel that action prosecutes most, uh, most satisfyingly. Mm -hmm. And in this 93 session, Kuo says, this is a little bit of an extended passage, thusly, as this desire for spiritual evolution is progressively satisfied, just so it becomes that which is not familiar. I want to stop there. I think that's what throws people off a lot of time is that this black uh, 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 void 
mystery, full of the potential and undifferentiated nature of the creator, uh, will often in our paths be exposed to us in, in more and more, and it will seem alien in some way. It will seem unfamiliar, and it will be scary. Um, I think this is why Matrix mm-hmm. of Spirit, uh, Tarot, uh, the Matrix of the Spirit Tarot archetype is the devil. It is darkness. It is being chained in the darkness and being in all of this potential, but like not have any way to like act upon it. And then what is the potentiator of uh, the Matrix of Spirit? The sudden flash of light, right? That's how mm-hmm. spirit works. You are in this vast, unfathomable mystery. And then all of a sudden, there's a flash of light. And then what are the next archetypes? There are things growing. There are things blooming. There are things that come out of this mystery. But the mystery seems very dark and even evil to us because it is full of everything. It, we understand, we feel on a deep level how powerful it is. And it's scary because <laughs> that's us. We are yeah. getting a reflection of ourselves in that black void. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Kuo says, thusly as this desire for spiritual evolution is progressively satisfied, just so it becomes that which is not familiar. And in the middle of this seemingly effortless meditational practice, one finds the self becoming very full of effort attempting to digest and inwardly mark all that is taking place in a balanced and truthful way. The self becomes less known for much as emotion. And as the question itself implies, the odds are good that, the quite often, that quite often within the stretch of years of a seeker's conscious spiritual walk, the self will be again and again rather frequently out of balance. Or shall we rather say, perceiving the self is out of balance. And there is the wishing and hoping for more balance, for more skill in expressing the life in love and in service. Perhaps our greatest message to you in this regard is keep walking. Do not be disappointed in the self because there seems to be the repetition of the message. This is the session I'll jump in where they were talking about, hey, you keep talking about being and doing. Are we doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. So they're saying, hey, don't be disappointed that you learn lessons over and over. Don't be disappointed that you get messages over and over. And they're going to say why. So they continue. This simply indicates where in a particular road, sorry, where in a particular group or circle, the rubber, as this instrument would say, is hitting the road. Shall you wish for a pure heart? That inevitably shall you notice each and every impurity which you perceive in the self. Do you wish to be always the one who offers love? Just as strong as this desire, just as strong as this desire is, so is the strength of your ability to notice unloving acts. And if your desire is to balance being and doing, then you shall surely notice again and again that you wish to be given more tools and resources to aid you in combating and working with the self as it is perceived by the self to be acting out of balance. Uh, man, there's so much in here. Let me let me stop. Um, first of all, I would say that uh, this 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 idea of doing is always going to uh, expose us to the imperfections of manifestation, the imperfections that are reflected to us about ourselves. We're going to see a lot of things that maybe don't add up and don't measure up to our standards. Um, and this is part of why <laughs> in the whole place we're going to manifestation, to incarnation. We are not here to get straight A's and to just coast, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea, the 
just the comments about being out of balance, you know, and, and I'm thinking that when you're in the thick of a challenge, yeah, you're going to feel out of balance. You're going to be emotionally, you're going to be dealing with some intense emotions. You know, you're going to have to sort that out and work through that. Of course, you're going to feel out of balance. The balance it, comes after. It's a phase after. of not knowing yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's a phase of not knowing yourself mm. that then <clears throat> becomes known. <laughs> Yes, and I suppose maybe the goal is that if you're able to integrate that experience, that the next time you run into a similar challenge, you're able to better navigate. You know, you won't feel so off balance when you, know, maybe, when you experience maybe, it again. Maybe, maybe you'll also have another imbalancing uh, experience, but it will be slightly better. That's often how they describe it, is that you're doing this very incrementally, right? You're slowly getting a little bit more familiar with the lesson, you're, it's, it's not, it, it, slowly over time, it doesn't knock your socks off when it shows up, right? Yeah. There's a difference between, oh my God, I had no idea that I was A, B, and C versus, ah, look, there I am being A, B, and C again, you know? That's sure. Same, 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 same uh, educational potential there. Different attitudes, right? And this is why I think they describe us often as, you know, we think we're going around in circles with these lessons, mm -hmm. but they're like, every time you round that corner again, <laughs> it's a spiral, right? Because yeah. you are at a different position on the Z, on the, on the, on the Y axis or whatever the mm -hmm. vertical axis is. Uh, even though uh, on the plane, you're going round and round, you're moving yeah. and it's a different spot, even though it feels the same. Yeah. But it is interesting. The, that we run into the same challenges. We run into the same lessons until we yep. learn that lesson. And then you move on to the next one. But it's funny how your life moves in patterns. You know, I bet listeners or watchers of this can certainly feel there's patterns in their life. Oh, I keep, I keep dating the wrong kind of person. <laughs> you know, well, figure it out. Learn the lesson, you know. There's a lesson there. And, uh, but yeah, you're... The, the imbalance comes from all those experiences, but yeah, you're going to, going to be on that spiral for a while until you, you know. Yeah. And there is a part at the end that I think deserves special attention. And if your desire is to balance being and doing, then you shall surely notice again and again that you wish to be given more tools and resources to aid you in combating and working with the self as it is perceived by the self to be acting out of balance. In other words, this gets back to what you uh, were talking about earlier on. Um, it is in going out and doing things that we bring things back to that beingness, to that mm. ability to start from our basic existence, our basic fundament of consciousness, and say, now what is it that I desire? Now, how does that desire draw to me new behaviors, new tools, new resources with which to become that which I seek to be, right? Yes. Yes. And like, <laughs> if we are trying to balance between being and doing, if we are giving that being state, and by that, I, you know, that's probably at least partially indicates meditation. Uh, if we're trying to give that being state respect, then we will, as a result, draw to ourselves those capacities and those maybe even talents or certainly resources that we would need in order to do that. Although that does come with a lot of clarity about what it is that's measuring up and what isn't. And so 
I think that a lot of forgiveness would be useful too, which can also mm. be found in meditation, can also be found sitting with these things and letting them, letting the way that they like, that their uh, briars <laughs> uh, poke into our skin, you know, just getting used to the fact that like, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it's not necessarily bad, right? Yeah. Well, it's easier to figure, forgive others when we recognize oh, yeah. others in ourselves, you know, and that takes, that does take some introspection. And sometimes that introspection can occur when you're in control with meditation. Other times that introspection, you just get slapped across the face by someone shows a mirror to you, you know, but, uh, but yeah, personally. Extrospection. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm going to start calling fundamental, re- yeah. you know, phenomenal reality. Um, <laughs> quote, quote finishes up by saying, so those things which concern or worry, like this repetition, are not, in our opinion, negative, but merely indicative of where the energy is within each of you in the circle. Please consider how long the spiritual journey is and how infinitely fine the, the distinctions and the enlightenments become as the spirit progresses through the densities to gain at the, gaze at the long view. Not only are you attempting with an incarnation to balance the being and the doing, the resting and the acting, but there are millions and millions of your years ahead in which you shall only tighten and magnify the scope of that which you observe, looking always not at what has been gained, but at what there is to do. These lessons, shall we call them, go on forever until time itself becomes meaningless and spiritual gravity takes over. Hmm. So perspective, once again, this is a long running affair. It is a project of billions and billions of years of which our experience here is only really remarkable. And this is something that the working groups channeling has uh, explored a little bit. It's only really remarkable in the sense that we learn so much about our fundamental evolutionary desire through veiled consciousness and experience in third density, that it seems to set the stage for all of our future experience in the octave. It is so, this, this, this veiling of the conscious from the subconscious creates um, an identity and a form of consciousness, and it promotes in us desires for service that polarity uh, seems to... Um, bear out in the fourth density, in the fifth density, in the sixth density, and even going into the seventh density. What we do here sets the stage for how we think about progress and service and ourselves and unity going forward. Mm -hmm. And that must be like a completely different order of experiment for the creator um, than to hear Ra tell it past, past octaves were. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. Uh, yeah, this is Jeremy Space Minute. You can listen <laughs> to Jeremy Space Minute. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then um, maybe I've spent so much time on being. I wanna I wanna talk about doing and service in this context. So I got this eighty-seven quo excerpt. And it goes, my children, you live within an illusion. Let's stop right there. That's an important thing to recognize. Um, 
In order to balance being with doing, it's important to recognize, I think, the illusory nature of doing and to put the proper emphasis on doing, recognizing that it's an illusion, recognizing that you can go out and get your ass kicked by, you know, some JSOC operator. You can go uh, make a bunch of money on Wall Street. You can go hit the streets and feed the homeless. Um, but at the end of the day, this is all operating within an illusion and its only value is what it shows us about ourselves and what Amen. through and, and what through the completely unintentional fact of us bringing this this beingness into manifestation how that can maybe through no <laughs> through 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 no uh planning or intention of our own wake somebody else up to their value mm. and their potential Amen this this, rem- this is this an reminds- illusion it is, and it reminds me of one of our earlier episodes when we talked about how do you define what is real and what is illusory. And I think I said that the things that are real are the things that you take with you after you after you die. And that is yeah. the only thing you take with you is you, is your being. Yeah. So yes, it's the only value those actions, the doing has is how it helps to evolve the quality of your being that's it and yeah maybe you're getting your ass kicked <laughs> you know or maybe you're making a ton of money maybe you're maybe your mother Teresa, you're, you're you're at a you know you're feeding the homeless or you're at a leper colony but whatever it is it is the increasing or the development of the quality of your being that is the only real thing that exists supposedly you know <laughs> again yeah but uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating idea. <clears throat> yeah. So so I didn't even barely begin reading this. Uh, Huo <laughs> says, my, child, my children, you live within an illusion. Your physicists will tell you this. All that looks solid is not. All that looks still is moving. Your senses participate in an illusion. Thus, all you're doing is exercise within an illusion. This system of illusion was created in order that you may play and work and do all manner of activity until you have decided upon a certain choice, that choice very simply being service to others or service to self. The nature of the illusion is imperfection. Thus, each thing that is done within the illusion participates in imperfection. Good deeds don't turn out right. Relationships go awry. A word quickly said is long regretted. There are an infinite number of ways to make mistakes and behavior according to your own opinion of yourself. And maybe this might be a good place to, to, to wrap things up because they continue. We ask you to avoid the emotion of discouragement. Perhaps the best way to avoid that is to give encouragement to others. Thus, we suggest that you love each other and serve each other. It is an antidote for the blues, for it balances that which you felt within you unbalanced. It is only our opinion, but we believe that good intentions, a true desire to do well, is far more important than how things actually come out in the illusion. So be of good cheer. We do not ask you to be silly and funny in the face of tragedy, but try to keep the light touch. For when one embarks upon the path of spiritual seeking and attempts to accelerate the pace of one's seeking, experiences can become intense and, in, and discouragement is easy to come by. Hmm. Here, here. Doing is always going to run us into our limits. 
we chose those limits. Those limits are there to teach us and not here to chain us. Uh, but we have another option at any time we feel discouraged, at any time we feel like the world has beaten us down. We can, it's, it, it, I was going to say we can retreat to beingness, but it's not actually a retreat because that beingness was there the whole time. We can become aware of this beingness that was always there in spite of our failures, in spite of our successes, in spite of everything that we think that we are that we're doing, that we think we're accomplishing. All of that is illusory. And if we come to an awareness of our beingness as the fundamental state of consciousness, I think, I think Kuo, Kuo actually says this. Uh, in, in 87, uh, they say, we find great love and harmony in being and great love and harmony in doing. And yet the tension between those two poles of behavior and, and consciousness is felt by many seekers and indeed can be a stumbling block. For one desires in doing spiritual work, as in any other work, to be occupied, to have accomplished something, to have gotten somewhere. Yet is consciousness ever and always at the base a being, not an activity. Mm. And what the Confederation has always been trying to expose us to is the nature of consciousness. They're not trying to pull us out into any wider world that they occupy. They really are not trying to do that, in my view. They are simply trying to awaken us to what material we already have safely under our belts, un, and it is impossible to alienate us from this. It is our own consciousness. It's so simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's simple so hard, does yep. not mean easy. Simple does not mean easy. Simple means simple. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're still in third density. We're still on earth. <laughs> it's going to be hard. And, and yeah, it's, it, it, and a lot of it is hard because we have a society, we have families, we have friends, we have selves that promote and, and focus on doing because that's what the second density animal that we occupy, that's how it survives by doing. And mm -hmm. honestly, the third density animal, the third density creature that we are. A lot of our survival, a lot of our ability to put food on the table and all that comes from doing. The point is to not lose touch with what makes doing possible in the first place and to not get overwhelmed with our ambition to seek that we, uh, we lose that, uh, that quality that makes that, that grounds it all and that makes it all, uh, meaningful. Uh, mm -hmm. I, this might be a place to talk about, uh, an excerpt from that 83 Hatan session on communication that I always talk about, but I think it fits in right here because we're talking about, okay, I'm acting within an illusion and I have this beingness that uh, can inform that, but like, how do I know when I'm striving too much? How do I know when to pull back and, and, to, and to change that, that mm. balance? We know that the deep self will do it. How can I participate in what the deep self is doing to uh, make me best uh, positioned for uh, service and learning. And Hatan says, you are each aware that the effort of the seeker is great when the seeking becomes conscious. The seeker looks all about the self for answers to the basic questions of who it is, of what is life, and how shall this life be lived? There are many groups upon your planet who provide various answers to these queries. Many seekers travel to many groups. And as the shopper at a sale tries on many clothes and many possible means of looking at the universe about the self 
and at the self within the universe. Many techniques are used to still the mind, to center the attention, to provide healthy thoughts and food for mind and body, to repeat various phrases, to sing various songs, to dance various dances. Each seeker then gains a, rep a repertoire of means by which the evolution of mind, body, and spirit might be pursued. And each seeker then uses these means in such pursuits. The road is traveled. The turns are found. The sun and the moon alternate in shining upon the journey. The winds of change blow across the face, which continues to push forward. Eventually, the seeker must look within the self for the final inspiration that motivates the seeker to take one more step and yet one more step. Now they're talking about, actually, this isn't Hatan, this is Latwi, and they're, they're commenting on Hatan's message about the balance between uh, ambition to seek mm -hmm. and just being, just, just letting go of that. And what they're, and, and, and this is an important point, and this is why I excerpted this, because Hatan's message is very long. This is kind of a summary of it. So Latwi, those of Latwi continue, the message which our brothers and sisters of Hatan attempted to deliver concerned this point at which the seeker begins to refine the seeking so that the dedication to any outcome in any situation is released. For though the will is built at first by such dedication, it is as the crutch that eventually must be laid down in order that the seeker may walk with its own strength. To give up the stake in any outcome of a, an event is not for the beginner. One must take the first step first. To give up the stake and the dedication is another way of suggesting that the seeker be that which it seeks, that the seeker be that which is which it has been for all time and before the time before time unrolled its scroll of beingness. The seeker then is exhorted to be that which it seeks, which is the one infinite creator. For in truth, the seeker is the one infinite creator, and, through, and though it may use many crutches to come to the point of realization, Eventually, to be the creator, the seeker no longer seeks with any crutch, but is that which it is. And this is a refinement of the will, which is directed then in another fashion, with a much lighter touch, shall we say, yet in paradoxical fashion, a touch which has great power. Wise words from Latwi. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do marvel at the fact that we didn't even talk about will. <laughs> because I think that plays a big role. We talked about desire, but we didn't talk about will yeah. and how uh, beingness does partake of a kind of will, but it's not a will that is moving us to action. Um, and that's a kind of interesting uh, paradox, I think. We'll have to save that for part two. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there may very well be a part two, although I feel like we covered a lot of ground. We did cover um, a lot of ground. It, it might it might just be that we need to talk about will. You know, being and doing, the funny thing about doing an episode on it is that it's such a uh it's such a frequent topic, it's such a frequent framing of the Confederation's mm. whole message that it's kind of silly. Yeah. It's like it's like doing a it's like doing an episode on love. It's like, okay, well let me narrow down <laughs> the uh the, yeah. the Kuo sessions that uh talk about love. Well, that's every one of them, right? So yeah. uh yeah, but I hope we've explored this in a way that uh, uh, helped people imagine uh, different possibilities for achieving this balance between being and doing within themselves. And it kind of, I I find that thinking about this brings together an entire incarnation as a coherent story, um, 
and, and maybe not even a story so much as a rhythm, a heartbeat, that we are always moving between being and doing, um, and that the only thing that's doing that moving is our awareness. Hmm. We have the ability to uh, move our awareness in whatever way we wish. Yes, we do. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, managed to too. stay relatively on track, which was, uh, you know, this is a pretty good positive. Absolutely. Proud of you, brother. Uh, you did well. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks. So I, uh, yeah, no, this is, this is good timing. Um, I'm going to go, uh, today's my birthday. So, uh, my neighbors Happy are throwing me a brunch. Birthday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we're going to go. My phone gonna, so I never miss it again. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, but uh, we're gonna. I'm I'm having a brunch thrown for me uh, by my neighbors who are very generous. Uh, gonna, you know, indulge in some stuff that I don't indulge in normally. And uh, nice. I think we're going to a hot pot place tonight, which I haven't oh. been to a hot pot place in a really long time. Oh and I'm so <laughs> excited to go to this new place in Richmond. So, oh, lucky guy. I too have yeah. not been to a hot pot in a while. <laughs> it's been a while, probably a decade. <clears throat> it's so freaking good so well I'm happy excited. birthday happy Thanks. birthday yeah do you know that i am such a psychopath that i was going to also record with nithin later on today <laughs> and then i crazy. just yesterday i was just like what am i doing how am i going to be how time. am i going to give yeah how am i going to give the listeners my, my best if i don't take some time to just be mm-hmm I think you and should in this uh, case, stew being is gonna in be, your bean. Yeah, yeah. Be, being <laughs> is going to mean, um, you know, sitting around, drinking beer, and uh, hanging out with my friends. But, you know. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, man. Have fun. I'm going to be fighting the cold, uh, dealing, you know, oh, not you dealing. but Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they both my kids have ear infections. So oh, <laughs> we're, uh, I'm we're so navigating sorry. that. It's okay. They still have great energy, you know. Um, they're just, you know can be a little sensitive at times which is understandable yeah. but but uh yeah we're laying low well hopefully uh this video works out and hopefully. i don't know if listeners realize but uh the other selves working group now has a youtube channel uh and we've been i've been putting uh inaudible episodes on youtube in anticipation for this pivot to video that ryan and mm -hmm. i are doing um so I'm hoping that this tool that we're using will uh, allow us to give a new dimension uh, to the media that we create. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, and I would and also you wanna if you want to see our ugly mugs, then, you know, go over to YouTube and, and oh, uh, get some I, face I got time. myself all, all, <laughs> all primped here. I know. Uh, I even did my hair this morning. I, you, yeah, yeah. And, um, there's other stuff on the YouTube channel as well. Um, for example, we have a presentation that Nithin gave on uh, balancing techniques using mm -hmm. the law of one. Uh, we have some of our channeling sessions from the Richmond Meditation Circle and from uh, the working group's uh, primary channeling circle uh, at the intensives. And uh, yeah, just just go. Uh, there's a few playlists on there. Like it's going to be growing because I think we're getting a lot of engagement on that area. Um, you know, the other sales working group is not this, not trying to be a media outlet, but we do want to when we can provide help for people, put it places where they'll find it. So, heck yeah, that's what's up. Heck yeah. 
Well, thanks for a great uh, morning conversation, Jeremy. Thank you. And thanks for putting up with my pushback. <laughs> oh, it's not, I don't have to put up with anything. It's, uh, this, is, this is great. I am not, I'm not a uh, super allegiant to any of my ideas. You know, I have uh, <clears throat> strong convictions lightly held, you know, so Hell a little yeah. pushback is, is well appreciated. Well, uh, listeners, if you have any pushback on us, uh, find us at the normal spot. Inaudible.show is our website. There's a contact form right on there. So reach out. Let us know how we're doing. In the meantime, please stay in the love and light. Mm-hmm.